Welcome, guys. Uh, let's see. Does anybody remember challenge? Yes. What was it? It was spiritual. Huh? Spiritual tooth. Yeah. Did anybody think about that or satisfy their spiritual tooth or have a craving this week? Um, on behalf of Kayla, she did do the challenge. Um, during nap time, she was in her Bible and journaling and all that good stuff. So. Nice. Since she's not here to speak, I can step in for her a little bit. Cool. Yeah, this is a, a fun little challenge of something to, you know, when when we have like a a craving for our, you know, something like that our flesh craves, like food or you know, um, whatever it might be, to to think about the same with like the spiritual side of things of like, ooh gotta get some worship time in today oh wow i could really go for some great prayer time right now or whatever it might be um so we were we got through a lot of john six last week um and we finished off that big section of uh jesus the bread of life um right after that um basically the last little part of john six um a lot of people leave after Jesus told him, uh, told everybody to eat his flesh and drink his blood, um, a lot of people left after that. Um, which we could read that, we can read that part and um, we won't stay too long on there. Somebody want to finish off John 6 from uh, verse 60 to the end, 71? I got it. Go for it. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Isn't that crazy that Jesus knew that there was someone who's going to betray him, and yet he he didn't turn them away and say, "Hey, you can't you can't be with us anymore. Like I know what you're capable of. I know what you're going to do." You know, he might be able, he might deny it, like, no, Jesus, I would never. But Jesus still knew that he's going to be deceived and, you know, yeah, deceived and turned over by Judas. Yeah, he still chose to keep him around. Um, I think, you know, we can so often look at, at, at um, Judas um, or, you know, Peter who denied him and be like, oh, my goodness, these people were terrible. 
and they saw him in the flesh, they walked with Jesus, they ate with him, and yet they still, you know, couldn't hold on to and cling to everything that he did, and um, they deceived him and turned him in, but, like, so often, like, that's, that's us even, like, you know, we, Jesus knows that we're going to sin again, Jesus knows that, you know, what we are, who we are, what we're capable of, and yet he still chooses to love us and keep us around. Any other thoughts on this last part of, of John 6? give out eternal life because like point me in their direction yeah. but like pretty sure you're the only one and and he's he's already fully invested he's already he's all in and I mean that'd be a that's a pretty cool place to be at where you're like Jesus I'm all in for you like if it's not you like I don't know what I'm doing with my life like I think that's a pretty good place to be at Like I, I've I've thought that before, you know, like in terms of my career as well. Of like, man, if I'm if I'm not doing if I'm not working with food, I don't know what I'd be doing with my life right now. Like, I can't imagine like working construction as my job, or an accountant, or you know any other thing. Like to me, like I can't imagine doing these other things. Like I'm I'm all in, and in the same way, like you know I've thought about that before too. Like, you know, because my life is is centered around God and like it should be and it's you know and even just like the fun things or you know hanging out with other Christian friends and Bible studies and you know these kind of events and it's like if this wasn't the center point of my life it's like where else would I go Jesus like I think it's cool but it's also like scary because you're all in it's it's uh, it's it's nerf or nothing right it's 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 this or that's it Yeah. Let's move into John 7. Who wants to take the uh, first, first small part? Nine verses. Who wants to take that? 
this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters, and Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where, you, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, Now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go any time. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. After saying these things, Jesus remained in Galilee. Hmm. Throughout John 7, I feel like a big um, question here, or question to ask yourself is, who is Jesus to you? Just keep that question in mind as we continue to go through John 7. Who is Jesus to you? I'm not asking who is Jesus. I'm asking who is he to you? Um, so Jesus, he traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea because he knew that the Jewish leaders wanted to kill him. But Jesus, you know, he's also saying that, you know, it wasn't his time yet. So isn't it interesting that he's, he's avoiding people because they want to kill him. Yet if it's not his time to go, they're not going to be able to kill him. What do you guys think about that? He's obeying the will of the Father there, I think. Um, because, I mean, Jesus could go and, like, increase his fame and, you know, in theory, gain more followers. But, um, I mean, if he, if he, I mean, if he went against God's will, which you can debate about whether that would even be possible for him, um, you know, then the consequences would be that it would, in, in theory, go against God's plan. I don't know if that's like theoretically possible. But. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's he's just being obedient. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he you know he could easily go like like his brothers were saying like, hey, you can go there and be famous and you know you can show everybody these miraculous signs that you're doing and everybody will love you and you'll be you'll be famous there. Um. And like his brothers didn't even believe in him. It's not crazy. But you know, like it, it says that like a prophet isn't welcomed in their in their hometown. Because you know, you see you're living with this, like in that town, everybody kind of knows everybody and kind of like, Jesus, like, isn't that the son of, of like Joseph and Mary? Like, and this guy's supposed to be the Messiah, but like we saw him grow up. We saw him as a baby. We saw him, you know, learning how to walk, and this guy is supposed to save the world. No, like, no, we thought Jesus was going to come down from heaven on a cloud and, and rule and power and authority over everybody and set us free. And there's no way that this little boy that we saw grow up, you know, we saw him out in the in the field playing soccer and like, you know, there's no way it's this kid. There's no way it's him. You know, he, he's not welcomed by his hometown. Even his brother's like, Jesus, that, that perfect child, you know, the perfect sibling, you know anybody else who who's a uh, um, has other siblings? Like, oh, that sibling never gets in trouble. Like, if it's this person's word versus that person's word, oh, that's the perfect child. That one's never. No, that's Jesus. Could you imagine, like, literally being Jesus's like brother or sister? It's like, you know, your mom, mother is like, who knocked this over? And Jesus did it. And Jesus is like, no, mother, I did not. And it's like, 
why are you lying? Why did you say Jesus did it? And it's like, Jesus was perfect. He never lied. <laughs> you know, even, even as a kid, he never lied. He never, you know, he was perfect. And he had that, you know, childhood also. It's not just like, you know, he was born in the manger and then there he is. And he's, you know, um, on the cross. No, like he had this whole, this whole life also. But even his brothers are like, yeah, Jesus, go to this area where people want to kill you. Yeah, go. Be famous there. Like, get out of our face. Any other thoughts on anything here? This is the time of the uh, Feast of Tabernacles. Big celebration. They're all gathering. I mean, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. Mm -hmm. So for it to say he wanted to stay out of Judea where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death, I find that a perfectly human response mm -hmm. to something that you know will have no, have no effect on you, that you know, you know, is not your time yet. But yeah. if you don't want to go, like that's that's pretty mm -hmm. that's pretty human. I, like I don't I don't see anything weird or wrong or anything about that. I'm like, no, nope, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want to go where some people are planning to kill mm -hmm. me like, And if it's not my time yet and I don't have to go yet, then I'm you know, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I think that's yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah, it breaks it every time I read about like his brothers and when you when you realize that James because James was Jesus' brother, mm -hmm. right? And then yeah. he didn't even he didn't believe until after the crucifixion. Yeah. Like every time I think about that, it just breaks me because I'm like, you had a whole entire life with Jesus. You had the so much opportunity and like that intimate relationship open and available to you and you just and you missed it. And like how much more as believers do we like do we miss it all the time and you know shortchange ourselves in, in finding him. Um, and yeah, I don't know where I was going with this <clears throat> with the rest of that thought, but so yeah, when it, for even his brothers didn't believe in him as like it, their family, right? And it's I think about my own family and like if I was I'm not saying if I was Jesus, but if I was this big figure that like had authority over something and my own family was like, she's a wacko or, you know, she doesn't, she thinks she's crazy or she thinks she's better than us or whatever it is, whatever they think. And all I'm there to do, all my purpose is, is to love them and, you know, heal them or bring them into a greater understanding or whatever. And that's all I'm trying to do how internally heartbreaking that would be. And Jesus would have experienced that because he is fully man as well. So any of those feelings that I can think of, how I would feel, he would have experienced too, which is mm. just sad. I think that's perfect. You know, very well put. Like, yeah, he is 100% God and 100% man. And to have those feelings of, I wanted to go somewhere, you know, just like before he was, when we went up to the cross and he's praying in the garden, He's like, God, like, if there's another way, like, great, I don't want to take this cross, but if it's your will, then, like, all right, I will. I don't want to, but I will, because it's your will. Um, but yeah, it, it just shows it's, you know, he's human, too. He's he's like us. That's how we can relate to him. Um, 
Cool. So through John 7, we're also going to see um, kind of like three different segments of, of it being broken down, all kind of um, the letter D, disbelief, debate, and division. It's kind of like the three segments we'll see during chapter 7. So this is, this is part of the disbelief. Like even his own brothers didn't believe in him. All right. Who wants to keep going from there? Who wants to um, keep reading um, 10 through... Um, let's do 10 through 24, but you can take half of it and then pass. I'll read. Go for it. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, Where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses but the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but judge instead correctly. Hmm. What do you guys see going on here? shows up anyway despite saying he's not going starts teaching the crowd starts whispering that he's there yeah so it starts addressing everyone and they're questioning well how, how does this guy know all these things how does this guy know so much about god he didn't go to any of our like you know, essentially seminary. He didn't, he didn't go to our, you know, our schooling. He didn't get this formal education. How does this guy that we saw him grow up? How does this guy know all these things? And then they start pointing out accusations and that he's demon possessed and, you know, all these other things. Some saying that he's a good man. Others saying that he deceives people. So the question comes back, who is Jesus to you? To some, he's just a brother. To some, he's a good man. To some, he's a fraud. He's a deceiver. He's demon-possessed. He's divisive ruler. Yeah. So the question is going around a lot. Who is he? Who is he? Who is this guy? And then he doesn't respond by saying, 
hey, I said I'm the Messiah, believe it. No. He's like, look, my message is not mine. It comes from God. So anyone who's doing God's will will know whether my teaching is from God or not. Because if, if you're following God, then you'll know that I'm from him. Because he'd tell you, he'd show you that I am. Because you would you can tell from scripture, past scripture, of who the Messiah will be. You can see that it aligns with who I am. And then he goes to, to point to what they're doing and saying like, okay, like you guys, you know, you guys are saying I'm, a, I'm, I'm bad, that I'm blaspheming, that I'm doing these terrible things because I did miracles on the Sabbath. I healed people on a day where you said we should rest. But like, he's like, hey, you guys are following law saying that, okay, you got to circumcise your, your baby boy after a few days. And if that day comes on the Sabbath, you're going to do that, even though it's work. But you guys are saying that that's okay. They're like, look, I healed somebody on that Sabbath. Like, why are you angry with me for healing a man on the Sabbath? Look beneath the surface and you can judge correctly. He's really touching on the heart posture mm -hmm. in this one because it's like you, and it's a direct offense to the Jewish leaders because they were all about Moses, right? And the law and the letter of the law. Yeah. We talk about letter of the law versus like spirit of the law and everything. And Jesus is really like, you know, the spirit of the law. And this, in this example of healing is what I came to do regardless of when it occurs. Your focus is in the wrong place because you are focused on on the when and not the why or the you know you know in that in that way. And it's like. It's just really awesome because the comparison here of like that he's going directly at the heart of what they would have upheld as a high standard in that like Moses' law mm -hmm. and to turn that on its head and essentially be like law above everything else is is not what is good it's not what I'm here for you know it's not what the will of God is um which is just completely radical, right, for these people, which is, is very interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. We're getting into some good stuff here. Um, I'll, I'll start reading from 22. <laughs> is Jesus the Messiah? Some of the people who lived in Jerusalem started to ask each other, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? But here he is, speaking in public, and they say nothing to him. Could our leaders possibly believe that he is the Messiah? But how could he be? For we know where this man came from. When the Messiah comes, he will simply appear. No one will know where he comes from. While Jesus was teaching the temple, he called out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I came from. But I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true. And you don't know him, but I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to you. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his time had not yet come. Many among the crowds at the temple believed in him. After all, they said, would you expect the Messiah to do more miraculous signs than what this man has done? When the Pharisees heard that the crowds were whispering such things, they and the leading priests sent temple guards to arrest Jesus. But Jesus told them, I will be with you only a little bit longer. 
Then I will return to the one who sent me. You will search for me, but will not find me. And you cannot go where I am going. The Jewish leaders were puzzled by this statement. Where is he planning to go? They asked. Is he thinking of leaving the country and going to the Jews in, the other, in other lands? Maybe he will even teach the Greeks. What does he mean when he says you will search for me and not find me? And you cannot go where I'm going. Alright, so now we're on the, the second D of, of uh, John 7. So we had disbelief. Now we're on debate. Who is he? Is he this? Is he that? Where is he going? What does he mean by this? Is he who these people are saying or is he who these people are saying? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? What's going on here during during this part? Exactly what goes on today. Which is? Debate on who Jesus was. Right? Oh yeah, he's a prophet, he's a good man. He's a crazy person. Yeah. He didn't even exist, whatever it may be, right? So. They're kind of like characterizing him in a way, like, like uh, they kind of have this expectation of what the prophet or the Messiah might look like. And when it doesn't look like what they think it should look like, then it's not it. Like, we have our own standards yeah. of, like, what, a, what Jesus or the Messiah should look like. Yeah. And Jesus just grew up as a little boy in the town, and everybody knew him. And so they're like, um, no, that's not right. You, you're wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're kind of just playing God in a sense. Like, no, that's not right. Yeah. I think it's really easy for us to get in that exact same boat. Yeah, right, yeah, and be like, well, I mean, I mean, Jesus would love people. Jesus wouldn't do this because I don't right. want to do this, right? right? Or, or, or Jesus, and it's yes, Jesus would love people. Jesus would do all these things, um, but he would also do the difficult things, and so it's, it's very difficult, and I think we should be very, very careful about what we say, or what, like what box we put Jesus in, as, as to what like he boxes. he would do. Um, and we should strive to be like him and to do what he calls us to do. Um, but I would be very careful when saying, like, hey, this is hey, this is the way Jesus works or whatever. That can be, like, dangerous in teaching as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's, like, kind of easy to just kind of add your own words into scripture and mm-hmm. be like, this is, how, this is how I take it, so it must be right. And um, we need to be careful with false leaders like that because it can sound very convincing and correct and, like, you know, I, yeah, I believe that. That sounds right. It sounds like what I want to hear. But sometimes his word is not what we want to hear. Yes. And so that's kind of, um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, Malachi three one says that God's messenger will come suddenly to the temple. So these people are, are, are thinking that just out of nowhere, the Messiah will just come to reveal himself to Israel. So they heard that and took it one way and was like, that must be how it is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that happens a lot, to, even today. Yeah. To read scripture, take it one way, and be like, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And but, it's mm-hmm. kind of like saying it in a different way. Like, he did suddenly appear. Out of nowhere, Jesus mm-hmm. was just a little boy, and all of a sudden he's a Messiah. Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of sudden. And, you know, but it wasn't like a, oh, he came from the sky. Out of nowhere, he's right. a I mean, he kind of did just do that because it says he went to the festival in secret yeah. and nobody saw him until he was at the temple mm-hmm. and started yeah. teaching. And they were like, wait, where'd this guy learn all this stuff? Yeah. It's like, huh. 
It's almost oh. like you feel the just suddenly came. Hmm. Imagine that. So the question keeps coming up. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? Jesus didn't fit their idea of who they thought the Messiah should be, or would be, or could be. And it, it almost it almost brings about a similar question to us of, of what happens when Jesus doesn't meet our expectation of who he is or who we think he should be. Of Jesus let this happen? Well, I thought I thought Jesus loved this person. I thought Jesus would do this. I thought Jesus did was this character trait. Why did he do this? Jesus isn't fitting who I thought he was or what I thought he would do. What happens? Non-rhetorical question. What happens when Jesus doesn't meet our expectation of who we think he should be? Does it make us doubt? Does it make us waver in our faith? Does it make us trust in him more? Does it make us more dependent? Does it make us none of the above, all of the above? Divorces everywhere in my family. Every every couple, pretty much one, if not two, and we were the last one. And my parents were heading in that direction, and I was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And, praying. and like it, it really shows. Looking back, it was a very shallow, I think, for me, understanding of my faith at the time. But my expectation in those prayers was. Jesus, I'm asking this, and it's a good thing. So, like, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you keep my parents together? Why wouldn't you make? Why wouldn't you change their hearts? Like, that's what you want. That's what they, you know, that's what they could want. Let me let me pray that you would, you know, do this. And that was the expectation that I had. Lo and behold, my parents are human, and they make their human decisions and their choices based off of their hearts and their walks which are not mine and not a reflection on Jesus's character mm-hmm. either. Um, being 14 in the middle of it, don't really have that perspective. Um, so ultimately when things did fall apart, my answer to this question was, Jesus is not who I believe that he is because if he mm. wanted what I wanted and if he wants what's good for me, there's no way that this could have happened. So I ran as far as I could from God for like a couple of years after that. Um, obviously I'm sitting in this room today, so like, and really, he didn't let me run too far. Um, gotcha. But, um, but no, this, this is a very real question. And when we go through hard things, when we go through life things that suck, and it doesn't have to be a divorce, it could be anything. Um, but it leaves... It leaves you questioning. It leaves you asking, like, who is Jesus? Yeah. And why, you know, just why? And sometimes you won't get an answer right away to the why. I didn't get an answer at 14. I still don't necessarily have a full answer now at 27, but I have a better understanding, a deeper and a richer understanding of who Jesus is, having gone through that and other things in my life. 
um, to know and have the wisdom to know that human decision making, our hearts are not should be a reflection of who Jesus is, but it's not a reflection of who His character is at His core, whether or not what I think about it. Does yeah. That make sense? Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Any other thoughts so far before we move on? Um, we went to see Toby Beck last night. Um, nice. My, my church group went. Um, and one thing he was talking about losing his son, like right after mm. he lost his son two years ago. Mm. Um, and he taught, He said his, one of his friends who was you know trying to help him through was like, you know, we have to, what you need to do is like hold on to God's promises really tightly, but you have to make sure that promises that you're holding on to are actually from God, because God never promised that we would never go through grief and mm. pain and loss in yeah. this life, but, you know, he's, he does promise that he's faithful and that he's our refuge and, and things like that, and I think that's kind of the same thing here, is that these people should be holding on hope of the Messiah coming, but they need to make sure that, that you know, the prophecies and the things that they're holding on to are true to what God was actually trying to say through the scriptures. Um, and obviously a lot of them, like their hearts were hardened and their ears were closed and all of that. But I mean, it's, it's a good thing for us to keep in mind that like you you can look in for it and you could still miss it. If, if, you know, yeah. your, your understanding isn't true to what God's really trying to say. Mm. down when when things don't go or look how we expect we don't believe or receive because we believe in a lie we made of ourselves which is like what you were saying like you have to make sure that you're actually trusting in God's promises not something that sounds like you like oh that sounds good to my ears yeah I feel like he should promise that but he never did so you have to make sure you're really not believing in a lie that you told yourself or that you heard you have to like really know God's word and his character and what he does promise yeah it's so important to have a personal relationship with Jesus because if, if you're only getting told who Jesus is from your Sunday pastor, from me, from podcasts, from anywhere else besides God's word, it could be misinterpreted. It could be skewed. It could be whatever. You know, if if you don't know Jackie, I'm going to pick on you for a second. If you don't know Jackie and I'm like, Oh my goodness, like, guys, Jackie's like the biggest gossip ever. Like, she does this, like, don't tell her anything, or otherwise she's going to spill the beans. Like, not true. But you wouldn't know that if if you don't know her personally. If you're going based only off of what I said, you're going to believe that because that's the only knowledge you have. If you don't have that personal relationship with Jackie to be like, no, like, I know Jackie. I spend time with her. Like, that's not her character. That's not who she is. That's not what she does. It's the same with God. It's it's if If someone's saying... Hey, just, you know, just pray three times a day, th these exact words. And, and I've seen posts, people legitimately posting, respond to this saying, you know, those stupid things. It's like, how do people the believe chain mail the chain mail, the, the things on Facebook, share this and respond. Amen. And God will answer your last mm -hmm. prayer. $5,000 Can you show me where, can you show me where in the Bible it says that? In Jesus name. 
I, I, I went off on a rant on somebody about that one time. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I saw it, and I kept scrolling, and I kept scrolling, and it bothered me, and I kept scrolling, and it bothered me even more. And I just had to go back to it. I just had to, like, I looked up scripture. I looked up actual truth to 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 say and I, and I never said you are such an idiot for believing these things you're so stupid you don't know god's word stop posting these this propaganda this isn't biblical truth um i said it in a loving way that was like like hey this is not biblical truth this is what god's word says you know and it's it's so easy to just be like wow that sounds great Abracadabra, eeny, meeny, money, mo. Bless my last prayer, God. It, it doesn't work like that. Jesus into the horoscope. Like, it turns Jesus into Jesus. us being Jesus. It, okay, so, of He'll yeah. do what I want because yeah. I, I know him. I should clarify. It doesn't change Jesus. It changes the our perception. Our perception. Yeah. Jesus. Obviously, <laughs> Jesus is still untainted. <laughs> we don't have that control. All right, we're we're getting near the end. It's gonna get real good. Um, who wants to take this? This part's super short, from verse thirty-seven to thirty-nine. Who wants to take it? Jesus promises living water. Go for it. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. Anyone? Pause. Can you read this like Jesus would say? You don't have to shout it, but read it. Read it. He, Jesus is speaking with authority and boldness and truth. Read it like you mean it. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had yet had not yet entered into his glory. Awesome. Alright, so this living water is coming up again. We saw the woman at the well. Jesus promised living water. And she's like, whoa, what's that? Can I get some of that? Then I have to come here again to the well. And then last chapter we saw Jesus feeding the multitudes, feeding thousands of people from a few loaves and a few fish. And he's speaking of, of this, this what was it, living bread. Um, he's saying that I'm the bread of life and that this, you know, if you eat this bread, you will never be hungry again. And they're like, no, okay, sure. We'll take some of that. He's like, no, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, yeah, see you later. Um, and now here he is speaking of this living water again. What's going on? And who is he saying can come to him? Anyone. Anyone. Only Jews though, right? Only any Jew can come to me who is thirsty, right? Anyone. That does include all Jews. It is in the Vendai. Jews and Gentiles. Anybody, whether you're a descendant or not, Jew or Gentile, anybody can come to me. That's a promise. That's a response. There's a promise. Another promise he says is, seek and you will find me. Don't say, if you seek hard enough and long enough and in a certain way and while 
standing on your right foot and rubbing your belly and patting your head, then you'll Com- find me. And commenting, amen. And, and comment, amen, and you will find me. Thank you. He says, if you come to me, if you seek me. And he also, in one place, does say a wholehearted Buddha. So that's yes. Important. Yes. And also, also, he doesn't mean he's going to show up the way we expect him mm-hmm. to. All right, we've got disbelief. we got debate. Now we're on to division. Just division. Who wants to read this part? Zach, do you want to read it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you got me a little bit there. Verse 40. When they heard these words, some of the people said, It's true. <laughs> I missed something. No, I it's know. okay. It's a throwback. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. Which is good. That's what they do at church. Um, The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing? And learning what he does, they replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. The earliest manuscripts do not include 753 and 11. Uh, <laughs> then there's, there's like, they each went to his own house, comma. His mom, my ends on yeah. my translation. Yeah. <coughs> the meeting broke up, everybody went home. Yeah. How long phrase is it? Zach, do you want to read from the KJV? <laughs> I'm just kidding. The KJV doesn't have a... Yeah, so verse 53 is different. Anyhow. So... What does it mean that, that you know, going going back a little bit uh, from, from 37 to 39, what does it mean that Jesus is, is the living water? When he said that, you know, he, that he's the living water, what does this mean? Hmm? Source of life. What else is important about water? I think baptism. When hmm? we get baptism, like when we get baptized, essentially it's to um, like symbolizing right um, a new a new birth. Yeah. He's telling us to be baptized and be born again, so like he is the living water. So we're born of like the water and the spirit. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, water is such a necessity of life. You can't go too long without it; it'll die. And it, you know, I, I think that's probably the oldest knowledge there is known to man. Of, hey, I'm thirsty. I need to satisfy this thirst. Also, it cleans us. It cleans us. It, it does so much. It, it's the majority of what our body is. It's the majority of what this earth is. It's, it's the foundation of life. 
Jesus says, like, I am this foundation. You can't live without me. There is no life except through me. If you don't have water, you don't have life. If you don't have me, you don't have eternal life. For 38, another version of it, maybe another Christian scripture says, For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from the heart of anyone who believes in me. And when I read that, it says, will flow from the heart of anyone who believes. So it's not just for us, but it's an outflow from us to other people. So hmm. it's yeah, it's not just a gift that he's giving us. This gift is meant to be shared. Meant to be to flowing be out. To others and to be just like water is most of our body makes up most of our body it's something that should come from us as well this living water comes out of us to pour into other people um and you can't you can't pour out i mean everybody's hurt like you can't pour out if you're not being filled and, mm. and having the living water renewed within you so there's other places in scripture that talk about renew a loyal spirit within me, create in me a clean and pure heart. And all of these things, I think, go all together to be like, allow your water to continually run through me so that it may come from me into other people. Yeah, it's good. So I think so often we want to know the will of God, but we want to know what it is first. You know, God... Tell me what your will is for me. Tell me what you have planned for me. Tell me, you know, show me what my next job should be. Show me who I should marry. You know, but you only want to know the answer, like, you only want to know, like, what you're supposed to do. If, like, you can just know ahead of time first. Like, God, I want to know your will. But, like, if it's bad, like, eh, maybe not. But, like, if it's good, like, tell me what it is so that I can do it. There was this quote, um... 95% of knowing the will of God is being willing to do it before you know what it is. That's knowing the will of God. I'm going to read that again. 95% of knowing the will of God is being willing to do it before you know what it is. Essentially, it comes down to Nike got it. Nike got it. Brian dot. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. Are you willing to do it? If you're if you're praying for God's will, remember a few weeks ago, God's will Wednesday. Uh, instead of Taco Wednesday, we're gonna be like, what's God's will Wednesday? But if we're really asking that, are we ready to do it? Are we really ready to do it? If he says to do this really uncomfortable, not fun sacrificial thing are we ready to do it or are we just like uh, you know god i want to do your will but not that part of you i want to do this part of your will no are you ready to do it then because if not the question the question comes about whose glory are you after in verse 18 of, of chapter 7 that we read says, those who speak for themselves want glory only for themselves. But a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks the truth, not lies. 
God, I want to do your will. But not this part of it. Because that's not fun. And I'm going to look bad. And people aren't going to like me. And Jesus is like, look, the world hates me. Welcome to the club. If you want to if you want to be doing my will, join the, the world hates you club. Because you're not going to be liked everywhere you go. Jesus never promised that. He never said, everywhere you go, just, you know... You know, wear a cross on your arm, on, on your neck, wherever, and people are going to love you. You'll have immediate access to whatever you want. You're going to be loved and, and cherished and paraded around. No, he never said that. He's like, you're going to be hated. You're going to be hated because you even know me. Who's ready to sign up for that life? That's a promise. That is a promise. <laughs> just throwing it out there while we're keeping notes. I would also tackle on that. Just like whose glory are you seeking at that point, but also whose purpose are you actually trying to live out? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to live out God's purpose for your life and God's purposes, or are you mm -hmm. trying to live out for your own purpose and yeah. your own desires for what mm -hmm. you want your life to look like at that point? Mm -hmm. um, which they should be in sync, right? Aligned if we're in pursuit of God and really truly like being willing, but we have to ask Him, at least I. I will speak for myself. I have to ask him continually to make that connection and have them be the same because so often I'm like, well, I want this or do I want, you know, I want to go here. Can I do this? I want, you know, I want mm -hmm. these things and I'm asking God to bless them. Can you, you know, pour out your favor on these things? But how often am I flipping that and be like, God, here are the things. What do you want? And not even out of this list. What do you want, regardless of what I want? Um, very yeah. hard. But. I have a kind of weird analogy. I'm, I'm hoping it makes sense and that it is uh, translate. It'll translate correctly. Do you ever drink something and you can taste the container that it's in? Yes. Yeah. yeah? Okay. <laughs> so it's like you know, it's like if you if you're drinking something, especially like if you're you know, sometimes you drink water, and it's like this. This water tastes kind of metally. Because, I can't drink it from a steel container. Like because the metal that because the container that's in. Sometimes, like if you if you left your water bottle, plastic, you know, um, disposable water bottle yeah. in the car during the summer, sometimes during the winter too, but especially during the summer, you you taste it. You can you can tell what container you're drinking out of by the taste of the water. Absolutely, it's it's been tainted, or 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 sometimes you have a food container or a beverage container that. You're drinking, let's say you, you had milk in it before and then, you know, it's done. You washed it out and now, you know, you have orange juice in it and you're drinking the orange juice. But you can kind of still taste or smell. You can like smell the milk as you're still tasting the orange juice. Mm -hmm. It's It's been tainted. It's not, it's not delivering what it should have been delivering. Mm -hmm. It's not the taste. And it's like, you know, we're, we're the vessels of God. We're supposed to be delivering a message, but... Sometimes you can taste the vessel a bit. Does that make sense? Very interesting. Well, we're tainting it. We're tainting it. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you there is something in that vessel that's just not giving you quite the product that 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 you wanted that should have been coming out. Like instead of instead of this gospel coming forward, it's kind of like. Oh, that's Water that's now. Ben's gospel. I can kind of taste it there, or like, oh, that's you know, mm, I'm not going to use a name. I was going to use a name. Some some prosperity mega million church people only preach certain parts of the gospel of the prosperity side, the fun, 
nice shiny parts of just believe in God and everything is good. Just reply amen today and everything you want is going to fulfill your dreams, your heart's desire. Offering bucket is out on the way, on your way out. Thank you guys. Have a great Sunday. See you next week. Sometimes it's like, that was God's message, but it kind of tasted like that pastor, you know? And that's not God's will. I hope that kind of made sense. Yeah, it really did, Joel. I mean, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> is referencing a certain pastor that I, I may have been talking about. <laughs> That's what I thought I heard. <laughs> um, but it, I, my, my point in saying that is to, to really bring about that initial question. Who is Jesus to you? Because if Jesus is only that kind of, that kind of pastory message that I got from over there, that's not Jesus. You're not getting you're not getting Jesus from that container from that vessel. So I I, I want to just leave it with one final question. If you want to answer, you can. You don't have to. But who is Jesus to you? After all this, we we saw the disbelief. We saw we heard the debate. We heard both sides of things. We heard what Jesus had to say, and we heard about the division that that is is being caused by this. So who is Jesus to you personally? Therapy. Yeah. Therapy? Yeah. To me, he's my place of refuge, my rock, like the one thing that isn't changing. And I know, like, at times in my life, like, I'm moving, getting married, changing jobs changing this, changing jobs again, and that, like, all at the same time. And it's just like, what is life right now? I don't know. Everything seems unstable. Everything everything seems up in the air. I'm trying to figure this all out as I'm going along. Trying to figure out how to buy a house. Trying to figure out, oh, you need a marriage certificate. Trying to figure out, oh, I got to do get this application. I got to start this new job. I don't know what I'm doing at this place. What's going on over on this part of my life? I don't know. What's that's happening over here? How am I supposed to do this? And I'm supposed to drink this much water a day too? Plus exercise? And it's like... Jesus is my rock. That's who he is to me. He's, he is always there. That is that... Not that pivot point of like... I should just be going around it. But like that place of like... If I get a little too far off or if I'm like, ah, Jesus is right there. That's who Jesus is to me. I want to hear from anybody else who wants to share. It's my only hope. That regardless of the ways that I screw up, the ways that the world is like setting itself on fire, that everything's mm. going to turn out okay. It's the only, only hope of that. Yeah. My favorite um, passage is Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. In Christ, I'm a new creation. The old is gone; the new has come. And it's it's to me that is something that I, I hold on to every day. It's like no matter what is going on in my life, no matter how bad I've messed up, no matter how much the world is on fire, every day I'm a new creation. Whatever I've done before is gone. I'm I'm this new creation in God. Who is Jesus to you? So many ways you could answer that question. Like what you were saying, my safe place. My 
place of refuge where you go where you the only place where you can go when you know you're really severely screwed up <laughs> like he's not going to love you any less um you know the the person who loves me more than anybody can or ever will um and the comfort that that knowledge brings my constant defender and protector um when I least deserve it and when I'm having a good day, you know, and nothing's really crazy. Still all of those things. Peace incarnate, you know, when my overthinking brain wants to take me in directions it doesn't need to go or shouldn't go. Mm. Peace for my heart and my mind. He's like, I mean, Pat said he's not the center, right? He's everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that really truly is like I'm I'm not in, in that place I can truthfully say like he's the center but he might not be everything yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are there are avenues if I think of like veins where yeah that's mm -hmm. all that he is and that's everywhere he is because I can't have it be any other way um, but yeah he's I, I want to say he's everything. Like, I want to get to that point where I can honestly 100% mm -hmm. say Jesus is everything. He's everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's awesome. Anybody else? Who is Jesus to you? Um, he is my truth and my focal point. Um, um, yeah, because, like, you know, over over time, people would tell me, you know, like, you can't do this because you are a foreigner. You will never succeed because you are not book smart. And, or you are slow. Um, or you are dumb. And sometimes those words, you know, come from, like, people who are like the closest to you but then you know going to bible it's like god is like no you are my daughter you are my creator i know you inside out um i know when you lay down when you wake up i know every breath that you take um and then just like in psalm i think 139 that talks about basically that kind of stuff of like you know he he knows he, he made you in your mother's womb so it's like my truth you know whenever people would say something like that to me it's like no God is my truth because his word says who I am in him um, and he's like my focal point because anytime that I may drift away from him or lose sight or whatever like in the midst of all the chaos going on in my life like I can always find that find him in my quiet time and like he'll draw my focus instead of being this big it'll be more so this um, and just focusing on like his word and bringing and like not bringing but 
um, getting his peace and just spending that quality time with him, um, whether it's at work or at home or in the car worshiping music too. Um, nice. So just that remembering that every day. Anybody else? Anybody else want to share who Jesus is to you? My Savior took me out of the car that I was driving 100 miles an hour off of a cliff. <laughs> and sometimes I still have whiplash and I buy new cars to drive off the cliff again. And then he whips me back out. Yeah. Anybody else? I think. Um Comfort and peace for me, like hand in hand, and then as well as best friend. And um, I think comfort and peace just because, like you were saying, Jackie, it's just I'm the type of person to also just overthink and just go down roads I don't really need to be going down and in my mind and all that. So he just brings me back to this is overwhelming to me. Has never, I've just never been able to find anyone else in that. No, I wouldn't be able to find anyone else. As well as comfort because. He's literally with me everywhere I go, all the time, 24-7. So, like, if I'm just, like, overwhelmed in a big setting, I know he's with me. If I'm feeling alone, all by myself, I know that he's with me. And he's just a place of comfort because he completely knows my heart. He knows everything about me, every thought I've ever had. Like, I don't have to explain myself to him or try to be like, God, no, you don't understand, because he, he does, without me even having to say a word, he knows every thought in my mind, every worry, and then he takes care of it all, in a sense, he, he and that's when that peace steps in, when he just provides that peace, even though my mind may be going super fast, and he's hearing every single thought, he provides that peace, and then just the best friend part of, like, he's literally everywhere I go, and that's just so cool, Yeah. I never have to be alone, and especially, just like, during seasons of like not actually having anybody for real. So it's like really cool because he's just always there. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, cool. I think my, my final thought is, you know, Jesus, I, I, I think that's so cool because Jesus isn't just, hey, you have to do this. Jesus isn't a, a religious thing. He's someone that you have a relationship with. In the same way, you know, Zach might be, a different thing to each one of us. He might be a cousin, a brother, a friend, someone you go to for tech support, someone you <laughs> ask to help to move. But he's all these things. But who he is doesn't change. And those are attributes of who he is from each person's different personal relationship with him. And these are all who God is. God is all of those things. He is our friend. He's our comforter. He's our savior. He's a rock. He's all these things to each one of us. And God is true to who he is. He doesn't change. He's always the same. God is who he is. Who we want him to be doesn't change who, who we want Jesus to be. How we want him to fit our mold. That won't do anything. He is true to who he is. He is truth, but to each of us, the question could be answered a little bit differently of who is Jesus to you, which I think is really cool. Um, but cool. I'm going to, I'll pray us out and uh, we'll split. God, we thank you for this evening. 
Um, and just thank you for your word. It's, it truly is a living word. Um, it's, it's always talking to us in a different way. Um, and, and I love that it can talk to each of us differently. And the same exact words from you can speak to each one of us in, in 10 different ways. Uh, I just pray that this week that you really help us to, to cling to and to really question who are you to us? Who are you to me? Who is Jesus to me? Um, help us to really um, to dig into that question, to really seek you more this week um, and to, to be able to just find out for ourselves who you really are. And whether we're just starting to get to know you or whether we've known you every single day of our life and we've talked to you 24-7, help us to find out something new about you. Help us to, to see you in another light, to, to see another one of your attributes, to see who you are. Maybe we haven't seen you in a loving way or in a, redempt in a redemptive way um, or a forgiving way or, or whatever, or whether it be through someone else that, that we see who you are. Um, help us to not have a, a tainted view of who you are only through other people's perspectives, but to be able to um, put that against your word to see if, if that's who you are. God, thank you for each and every single person here. Also, for those that couldn't make it, uh, just pray blessings over everybody um, and that you keep us all safe during this next week. Um, yeah, and that we just continue to hold on to and cling to to you and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. So uh, my challenge for this week, a simple one. Read John 7 again. That's it. Read it again. And with that, going into it, asking, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Who are you? And then just read John 7 again, the passage that we just read. It didn't take that long. Is that? Uh, before we split, since we're all like already here in circle, if you want to announce a couple things coming up, just information. Let's see. So next week will be game night, following our normal rotation. And then we have the 11th and then the 18th, which is the day after Easter. So when we come back after game night, and we'll be here on the April 11th, uh, looking at doing um, Bible study more so focused on communion. And we're doing the elements that day as well, maybe, question mark. Most likely we'll be doing the elements then. Um, Good Friday. Um, we're going to be looking at doing a uh, worship night here um, uh, in like the evening. Good Friday is the 15th of April. Um, so we have church service at 6. Could it be after 6? TBD on the exact details. Good Friday. I mean, kind of sort of. Is, is everybody... Does everybody... I'm curious. If everyone is already, like, if everyone's going to be gone and already has Good Friday plans at their church, you might reevaluate, but who 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 would already be out that they know? I'll be in Kansas City. Oh, okay. You'll be at your church service. Okay. Did anybody else particularly have Good Friday service that they would be at? That work. Okay. Great. Okay. Sounds good. Information finalized. Information to come. Um, but keep it on your radar for Good Friday. Um, for uh, worship night and uh, communion.
on the Monday after, on the Monday before that, um, leading up to Easter. Um, and then uh, Easter Monday, um, TBD exactly. Uh, we might be watching The Passion, The Passion of the Christ. Um, that could very well be where we go from there. Um, yeah, good stuff. And then April, April 9th, we're going to do Generosity Global again. Yes. Um, if we're wondering who Jesus is ourselves, who do you think Jesus is to other people? So back to what Ben was saying um, about spreading the word of God. It's our job. Um, we are got specifically, hopefully this group, but Jack and I are taking the initiative to start a, um, what's the word? Uh, evangelizing community. So we've been volunteering since December, and I I noticed that there was no nothing there other than you know the people and word of mouth of bringing people to Christ or talking to them about it. So we're gonna start a table where specifically it can be designated to get to know people one on one, get closer to them, talk about God, Christ, and we'll have Bibles. So I have purchased five hundred Bibles. <laughs> um, so between this group and Black Friends, I know I'm going to just, if anyone wants to uh, contribute money to covering the Bibles to grab the people, so like 10 bucks can, we'll buy six Bibles. Um, so the the plan is to give throughout the year, you know, give 500 Bibles out. Um, if you want to take a couple from your car, that if you are driving and you see someone want to give them a Bible or you run into somebody on your regular basis, you can do that as well. 500 is plenty, maybe more, I know 500. So, <clears throat> so I have covered the cost for those $500, and I will just slowly continue to gain money, gather money to cover the cost. Yeah. Um, so that's the plan. April 9th, we're going to have a table there with Bibles and hopefully, you know, try to connect with people and give out some Bibles that will get the people that want them or are interested in learning more. Yeah. That's the 9th, not the 1st. Correct. Second Saturday of every month. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's awesome the, the leap of faith you took in that. And, hey, I didn't raise the money for this yet, but <laughs> I'm just going to buy 500 Bibles and we'll figure it out from yep. there. That's the plan. And so it doesn't exist. So it's essentially going to be our thing. And we're going to, if no one up, if we're not there, it's not going to happen. Um, and we're going to run the show. Yeah. That part of it. There's food, there's clothes, so we'll and there's now there'll be Bibles. So awesome. Um, all that, all this information um, I'll, post, <laughs> um, I'll post in the chat uh, probably tomorrow just so that everybody kind of has it there. Cool. Awesome, guys. Um, yeah, we'll split from here. Uh...